0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Illegal Moves podcast. I'm well, Liz,
1: and I'm Taylor. Where we're covering sports from the field to the court. I'm sorry, I'm so excited. I
0: fucked up the opening. I think I fucked it up. I fucked it up. No, but we no, are no. excited.
1: I am excited. I this is this is one I've been wanting to talk about, but we're gonna but wait, but wait. We're gonna small talk anyway, and make it well. I guess they're gonna see the episode title name. I
0: know,
1: um, but how's
0: your how's your week like, been? We're we're a couple days late on recording this podcast because I oh god
1: yeah okay so
0: popular this week
1: yeah so so tell everyone all the viewers at home listeners at home uh what you got to do this week up in uh our nation's capital
0: um well i traveled all the way from my house on the metro (laughs) (laughs) to downtown dc um where i am part of a fellowship of influencers who were selected by the German council on foreign affairs. It is the German American influencer initiative. And I was one of the U S influencers who was identified as being very strong and mobilizing and fighting disinformation and misinformation. So we had our conference here in DC and then our part two of the fellowship will be in Berlin, Germany.
1: Ooh. This, so this, spring, is, this is like the German government. I mean, this is yes. like a thing from them, right?
0: Yes. That's,
1: that's cool. Well, uh, in, in
0: partnership with the U S go, cause we did things like we toured the Capitol. We met right, with the staffer right. from the, uh, house foreign affairs committee. We had all kinds of experts come on panels to talk. Yeah. To us
1: about and you had a, you lakes. had a great time with the Capitol. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, a lot of history in that building, a lot of history, a lot of history there. Uh, well in, uh, an equally, I would say exciting news uh all my fellow fantasy footballers out there know this is week one of the playoffs, and uh i did I did make the playoffs as the second seed uh just a fourteen playoff in my league uh I put up a hundred and eighty points uh this week uh, I'm done my players are done no one tonight, no one tomorrow um okay. absolutely stomp this guy i uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm definitely going to make it to the championship and, uh, looking, looking to, uh, you know, uh, bring, bring it home, uh, bring it home. Uh, it's been, uh, been a rough couple of years. Haven't haven't won in a couple of years. So it's, uh, it's time. So yeah, equally exciting stuff. I think that, that we're doing, um, I
0: think very equal. Very yeah, absolutely yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: And you went to zoo lights.
1: <laughs> I did. I went to the thing where they put Christmas lights on the zoo stuff. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was fun. I, I, I did enjoy it. I it is. Um, Great birth control, uh, for me personally, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a lot, it's a lot, and and it's you know, but hey, I, I get it, it's tough, you know, you you get to ride the carousel, uh, once uh, you can only ride it once, though, yeah, you, know, you got to go because there's other kids in line, and that that's tough, you know, you just want to stay on the carousel. I understand why that can be upsetting, uh, you know, for some, but uh,
0: am I taking it that you guys had a traumatic? Moment on the on the crystal. a little a little fun, bit
1: a, a little bit but,
0: fun uh, fact for our viewers: uh, Taylor's partner, uh, aka my best friend Catherine, is my child's godmother, but Taylor is not his godfather. So, uh, if my husband and I both kick the bucket, God forbid, knock on wood, I don't know what Taylor's going to do. <laughs>
1: no, here's here's my thing. Here here here's my thing that I, I like. I personally don't want kids. However, uh, you know my my friends' kids um, your kid, you know, her sister's kids, like, I, I will do anything for them. Absolutely. Whatever they need. Aww. That's fine. Like I, I will, I will go to war for, for those kids. Like, like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, now everyone else's kids, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, whatever you got them, right. You're fine. You know what those parents got? I'm good. I don't, <laughs> I, you don't need me. You don't need my help. Uh, but yeah, my, my, my little circle, right. My, my little people, you know, I take care, I'm, I, I'll take care of their little people.
0: He's got it. He's got it. Uh, Just another... I know we're like doing a lot of small talk here, but I feel like this is uh, relevant. Uh, Taylor and Catherine have four cats, and uh, we have two cats, Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. my cat, Meredith Gray, is the sibling of two of their cats, Ambrose and Taco, Mm -hmm. and Meredith is very vocal, and uh, Taylor... You will be coming to visit us next month, and I don't know if you know this, but there are times throughout the day where uh, my son and Meredith meow at each other loudly, oh, back and
1: forth. Okay, well, Meredith yeah. has,
0: has that's, trained the child, so that's good. That's good. To be well, a third yeah. cat, he is. Well, luckily, my child is a third cat now. Good.
1: Well, luckily we'll, we'll stay in a hotel, so I don't have to listen to that uh, all day long. <laughs> um, no, it's going to be I, fun. I, I, I look Kyler forward to that. And, and we, I, 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 I don't know what exactly. Uh, you know we'll we'll record up there do what we're definitely going to record an episode i also yes. I, I think i i think we should we should pop around the town and we can you know i don't know find some I don't, interesting stuff we
0: should do about, like but. we should like go to the various we have i mean we got what we got navy yard we got Capital One Arena. I feel like we should kind of hop around and showcase Absolutely. some of the sports but, sites around DC. Yeah, you
1: guys got some fun stuff going on with your uh, you got, uh, stadiums in DC. Are just a you know you got RFK sitting there now. You've got uh, is trying to move. Uh, I think I said yeah. his name right. Move the Caps and the Wizards to Alexandria, and yeah. uh, folks seem really excited about that. Um, I, I, well, and it's fun. I lived, I lived in Alexandria for like the first half of when I lived up there and, uh, and, you know, Potomac yard, they were built trying to make that a thing. I don't see how all that's going to work and fit and, uh, an arena and that amount of people going there. I just, uh, I, I don't get it, but,
0: uh, I have no idea,
1: but yeah, we may, uh, I, I, we may need to dive into, uh, you know, it's been stadiums and and paying for things, uh, trying to get the state to pay, obviously in taxes. That's been a big thing. So I think it could be be something down the road. Um, but yeah. uh, but paying for things is uh kind of what leads us, I think, <laughs> to today. And and folks, we are we are going to open the door of the NCAA and the NIL. Um, and and we've been it is we have something. mentioned it in a couple episodes, and, and and I I will preface this: this is part one. Um, I, I don't know how many parts there will be. It depends on, uh, kind of how some of these lawsuits go, and then how other various rulings go, and and different things, uh, involving schools and players and such and so forth. Uh, so this is part one. Um, and I, I think here, Liz, I I, I want to, uh, you know, we need to lay a nice foundation for folks of what NIL is. Um, uh, some past cases that NIL could have helped these athletes, I think, in the past. And now they're trying to use that to get some uh, records back, some some hardware back. Uh, but then uh, the lawsuits that kind of led us to getting NIL legal, you know, I guess, technically speaking, um, and, and take, it, take it from there. So um, I, I guess I'll kick us off with just kind of letting everybody know what NIL is. Um, so just... And, and very simple term. And this uh you know from from the ncaa all their their guidelines and stuff so nil when we say that that's name image and likeness of a student athlete i'm not going to say name image and likeness every single time so you're just going to hear nil because that's so many words um yeah. so nil uh, refers to the rights of college athletes to control and profit from their name image and likeness um so before, and before, athletes did not have the rights to their own name, image, and likeness, and now they do. And that as is as of uh, July 2021, uh, when they approved it, uh, and the NCAA approved it. So, so let's we'll say the NCAA approved the name, image, and likeness policy allowing student athletes to monetize their NIL. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some state regulations in there I, I don't really want to get into that because the ncaa has basically said like you don't have to necessarily worry about those you won't get in trouble with the ncaa yet. so that's kind of in there so essentially it's open yeah, to I will everybody just say
0: that the state regulations just to be clear were expanding students right. ability to use NIL, not restricting it and so yeah since the ncaa yeah. had amended their rule like taylor saying they it's kind of a moot point now yeah because... yeah
1: for for example alabama had um instituted some NIL stuff uh, in in relation to that and in the law, uh, but the NCAA restrictions were looser. So they actually repealed their NIL Mm -hmm. uh, legislation, which people, Oh, they repealed. No, this was backed by Alabama and Auburn and all the top universities there because it was actually better for them and the student athletes. So if you see that, that's what that is. So what is an NIL deal? It is an agreement or arrangement between a student and a third party is that, that's, that's very important. That mm-hmm. It's a third party, such as a brand, company, or individual where the student athlete receives compensation for the use of their name, image, and likeness. So as of right now, it, it's not it's not schools. Schools cannot participate in that. This is just third parties uh, that, that could do that. So I'll give you a few examples um, of, of various things that could be considered in IL. And this is an ex- this is for an existing NCAA student athlete. Uh, they can be paid for their autographs and memorabilia, camps and clinics, personal appearances, merchandise, affiliate or ambassador roles, NFTs, blogging, podcasting, public speaking, music, art, etc., social media, various things. There, that is what they can be compensated for. So that's so that's what it encompasses as, as of now, uh, mm-hmm. I'll say this, uh, even though this is a new thing, um, athletes have been getting paid for years. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not a secret. It's not yeah. this thing. It's no, it's just, you, you better make sure you don't get caught. Right. You don't, you don't right. pull the university of Tennessee and are handing McDonald's bags full of cash to players. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the smartest thing uh which to, listeners
0: that's not that's not a joke that's if not you, a joke know. no
1: that's not a joke uh you could you could look up Jeremy Pruitt and the <laughs> dumb stuff he decided to do now uh I I'm a uh and I'm sure this is going to be unpopular for for some folks I'm a University of Kentucky fan uh a lot of people ah, have yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah boo boo
0: boo Taylor yeah. boo okay I mean I'm a Tigers fan y'all so
1: that's okay i believe the correct if anybody knows about
0: 2008
1: um (laughs) look uh, players play for coaches not schools that's the way it works in today's ncaa so don't (laughs) let's let's just get that straight uh but you know so you know obviously i you know that oh cal just you know pays for his players and stuff and uh there has probably been some stuff i mean it's but that is it's it's as we've talked about the NCAA being a business, the schools are a business too. And so, yeah, there's some stuff going on. Now though, there is some legal stuff that the st- schools can use, uh, albeit not themselves doing it, right? Um, but they can influence um, some of these third parties. And I think uh, that's that's a very, that's what creates a bit of a slippery slope. and And we will get into that. Uh, but that is what NIL is. Uh, it is just, it's simply being compensated for your own, um, your own brand. That is you, right? Um, now in the past, uh, there have been some incidents where NIL popped up. Uh, the biggest one to me, uh, is, is Reggie Bush, uh, he was a phenomenal. I, I don't like Liz. I don't know if you
0: were watching. You know, like college football in two thousand five, um, somewhat with my right, dad. Right, like, uh, like I said, but two thousand eight. I think again, broken hearted Tigers yeah. fan. So yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah, it's okay. just you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, my eight rings keep me uh, happy at night. Uh, you know so what? You can so in stop that. in, in two
0: thousand
1: five, Reggie Bush was uh, just an unbelievable. Uh, player for, for USC, uh, University of Southern California, and uh, led his team to a national championship and won the Heisman that year, uh, the highest award you can get as, an, as a college athlete, individual college athlete. However, he no longer has that trophy. And USC no longer has those wins. Those wins and numbers, they, they don't exist. They did not, as far as the NCAA is concerned, USC didn't play football in 2005, uh, it got wiped away because they said that Reggie Bush received impermissible benefits. Now in today's world, you could probably, uh, get away with some of this. Um, so some of, uh, some of the stuff, uh, you know, $250 for limousine transportation, uh, that he received, uh, round trip airfare, uh, for his stepfather, his mother, and younger brother to attend a game, uh, a hotel stay uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, Now, some of this you could argue is not. For example, um, some money to help Butch's family settle a pre-existing debt, some money to purchase and modify a car, Mm -hmm. uh, weekly payments of $1,500. So that is when we get into the pay-to-play aspect that the NCAA does not like.
0: Yes. Right? Which Taylor was very clear to make a distinction between that and the NIL stuff he listed earlier. Right. So
1: the NCAA said, nope, you were, you know, you received these benefits while at USC uh, from these from these players and, you know, from these agents apparently. Now, you could argue those agents were simply courting Reggie Bush, uh, and they were. However, they were on campus. They were on the field at points. And they say that the running back coach, Todd McNair, knew about this. So that is why USC got in trouble, um, that mm-hmm. uh, they they did not, uh, you know, keep up the institutional standards of a school. That is why they got hit uh, with losing scholarships, uh, couldn't play in a bowl game for two years. And honestly, they have not – And and I will say, again, we talked about this with the Michigan story – uh, So that was the 2005 season um, championship was in 2006. That's just how it works. Uh, this wasn't settled until 2010. That's when they got the sanctions. So Reggie mm. Bush was long gone. Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush was already in the, he had already been drafted when this yeah. story broke in the first place. I, and, and what's interesting is the story actually broke because the agents uh, felt that they were er, owed money. That they said the family would pay them after Reggie Bush was drafted in the NFL and the agents cooperated with the NCAA in the investigation.
0: Oh, that's so shitty. I actually did not know that. So
1: yeah, I wanted to, wanted to hold that before you see your live reaction to that because
0: how shitty is that? That's so shitty.
1: Yeah. Um so, um and now now they end up losing scholarships. I was Reggie Bush feels horrible horrible about this because it ultimately hurt his school. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it hurt him. And uh, there was discussion of stripping of the award. He he volunteer he vacated, voluntarily gave up his Heisman Award mm-hmm. um, and tr- trying to uh, help in the lawsuit and stuff or in the uh, the ruling from the NCAA. Uh, kind of did- what we
0: were talking about with uh, Harbaugh, you know, some episodes ago about how sometimes the school or the athlete or the coach or whoever will go ahead and kind of almost punish themselves be punitive toward themselves in the hopes that then the decision from the regulated body will be a little light would you say it's kind of like that like he was trying to like almost do like I don't know. Like here, I'm punishing myself enough. Is this isn't this enough? You don't have to. Go yeah, any I think I think it's like I,
1: you know, and not wanting to be stripped of it, right? Like I'll That's I'll voluntarily true. give it up,
0: and it's like and quitting before you get fired.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so, and yeah, so, uh, and, and as well, he, um, uh, the school didn't have any associations with him because they were not allowed to. Now they have since. Uh, ended their disassociation with Reggie Bush uh, because they, but they had a 10 year thing where they couldn't even be associated with one of their best players.
0: That's so insane. To it, me. It's
1: it's very insane. Uh, so as of now though, so then we get to June of 21 and the NIL uh, from the NCAA is allowed. So Reggie Bush says, Hey, um, so all those records I had, that trophy I had, mm-hmm. the fact that we went to a national championship game, uh, I, I want that back mm-hmm. because I wouldn't have gotten in trouble because of these NIL laws. Then now the NCAA said that no previous infractions would be reevaluated as the updated NIL rules contributed or continued to prohibit quote pay for play type arrangements.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they are saying that, Nope, you were not going to even reconsider it because these weren't even permit. These wouldn't even be permissible now. Now, my argument would be there's a way to make those permissible. Yeah. Because the NIL rulings, uh, rules are just, they're they're too broad. They're too broad. They're way too broad. Yeah. You know, the limousine ride, you could easily have that be a third party deal with a, you know, chauffeur company or whatever that you are, you know, going to do a meet and greet at,
0: right? Yep. I mean, there's like we could basically say they could work with him if they wanted to. Yeah. But my guess is the reason they don't is because they don't want to then open the floodgates to setting a precedent of sorts, even though it's not gonna, like in court, right? Mm-hmm. But a precedent in their regulating that can then have other athletes come back and say, hey, you know, that thing with Reggie, what about me too? Because as we'll get into with the cases, they're already in major, major hot water. With mm-hmm. a ton of athletes. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. So, uh, at, at this point, um, the USC and uh, Reggie Bush are submitting a petition to the NCAA uh, to get their the, that 2010 decision looked at. They would like it looked at mm-hmm. and obviously hopefully reversed, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you would like to, uh, you, for example, his, USC has banners for all their Heisman winners. His isn't up there. Uh, and that, that sucks because it's, it happened. The season happened. All those games happened. He did all that stuff. It's like, okay, I get on paper. It didn't happen, but we all watched it. We all know what happened. We we know how good he was. And as well into that, Reggie Bush has also uh, filed a defamation lawsuit against the NCAA. He's claiming that their phrase, use of the phrase pay to play uh, negatively impacted him and his reputation that that makes it seem like, you know, the only reason he went there was because of this, or the only reason I played hard was because I got the whatever. So, uh, that is currently, uh, ongoing. And he ultimately, he wants his Heisman trophy back. And, yeah. you know, people like, Oh, it's just a trophy. That, that trophy only one player a year gets that. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it is a hard, hard award to win in the, in, in the NCAA. Uh, can't say it. And, uh, he wants it back i think he should get it back personally um whether like the nil thing or not but i just think
0: yeah it just it's just a very shitty situation and as far as the defamation lawsuit so uh for folks who don't know defamation cases are not easy to win um especially if you are a public figure because there is what is known as the actual malice standard that is then added to public figures so it's not just about can you prove that a lie was told about you intentionally and you, you know, suffered damages from that lie? You have to also prove as a public figure that there was actual malice, like a heightened level of just insidiousness behind the behavior. Um, So that's like an additional layer of intent that you're having to prove. And it's not easy to do. That's why I know this isn't related to sports, like the Cardi B, um, defamation lawsuit that she won recently that's why that's such a big deal because it's like oh shit like she was able to you know win a big defamation suit that's also why um not to like lean into uh politics too much but alex jones that's also why that was such a big deal or rudy giuliani i mean just you know so yeah it's it's always really surprising when you see somebody prevail on a defamation lawsuit so i i wish the best for reggie bush i can't say legally that i see him getting and i don't don't know if he has a very strong case especially with the nil piece because the the you know courts they're pretty clear about not applying those things retroactively right they they typically are only proactive and only covering whoever is part of that group at the time of the filing of the complaint and anybody going forward from right. when the rule of law is decided so
1: yeah and and uh and, and another case where they have again they they have petitioned uh to have uh you know some, some things brought back to them is uh, ohio state uh the mm-hmm. scandal that they had uh back in um i believe this was Got to get this right uh, with Terrell Pryor and four other players back in, get this right here in 2010. So actually, mm-hmm. so interesting. The kind of the same year that they ruled on this Reggie Bush thing, uh, it's known as Tattoo Gate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so uh, these guys, now it's five players specifically that it's focused on. Uh, apparently, there were 28 players over an eight-year span that this happened, but that they were selling uh, memorabilia uh, for tattoos or trading memorabilia for tattoos, mm-hmm. uh, which Ohio state still does not allow, uh, member, they can't, uh, like jerseys and, uh, things that you wear associated with you. You're not allowed to do that. And today at Ohio state, they don't allow that. Um, even though memorabilia is a thing that one can do, Ohio state doesn't like that. Um, and so they, their petition is like, Hey, like, you know, we would have, Uh, You know, we could have worked out a deal again. It's going to be retroactive. It's going to be hard Mm. to get. Uh, The interesting thing about this one was these players were suspended the first five games of the next season. Mm. But they were allowed to play in the bowl game. In the uh, in the sugar bowl. But then they weren't going to be able to play the next five games. Um, instantly said, "Well, the what they got didn't really it didn't translate to anything on the field, but it was you know they were gonna have to punish them for what they did it, but they didn't want to punish them for this game." I'm like, "Okay, (sighs) um, now their their uh, infraction ruling was not quite as hard, um, as it was on USC. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's simply a dollar amount thing. What's interesting to me is USC was one player they were also looking at the basketball." Uh, program as well, but basically you're talking about Reggie Bush, where this is multiple players. Um, so I don't quite understand that. But Ohio State's coach uh, Jim Tressel resigned. He resigned over this. Like the that's wild. I mean, it was a he was suspended for two games, then five. They basically said they were going to fire him. He said, "Look, I will." I would like to retire so I can remain a Buckeye for life. And I mean, a coach lost his job over this. And then Terrell Pryor ended up not coming back to school Jeez. to face the five game suspension because they had said the locker room uh, was done with them because they felt Terrell Pryor was the reason their coach left. I mean, It just it turned to this whole thing where all of this right here in 2023 wouldn't you could make this not an issue at all. Yeah, they mm-hmm. can they could figure out how to go get these guys tattoos no problem but like a guy lost it so it's just wild to me that you know not in the not too distant past there were all of these issues reggie mm-hmm. bush there um we're going to get to another one and uh that that it was more serious um and had a bigger impact but if the NCAA had just figured this out years ago when they started making so much money off of these players, uh-huh. we ha- wouldn't have these issues.
0: I don't yeah. know.
1: It's, it's just like – it's so hard for me to believe um, that it's taken this long to, to, to not even figure it out because we haven't figured it out at all. We're simply starting to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but, but now we've gotten to this point and now it's a, it's a mess
0: yeah and i mean like you said when the ncaa started making all this money well they don't want to admit that these players are profitable right they don't want to admit because that would go against amateurism Ooh. and their whole idea around that so what do you think should we dive into the cases
1: yeah because i i think everybody understands nil they understand why it's important um and now we're yeah let's get into the meat of it because this is where it, this is a bit dense but um uh, it, it is, it is important. And it, again, it lays that foundation for where we're at currently in NIL, and the incentive. So let's take it over.
0: <laughs> so let me go ahead and just state right now that the areas of law that are going to be covered in this include antitrust. It includes, uh, sex discrimination. It includes labor laws and it includes, um, federal rules of civil procedures. So we've got. Just on all fronts. All of it, everything but criminal law, which I, I, you know what, I ain't got the energy for it after going through all this. So I'm glad we don't have any of that, but (laughs) Lord Jesus. So let's start off with what Taylor's referenced a couple times in his uh, stats and the facts uh, when it comes to NIL. And that's the NCAA versus Austin Supreme Court case that was decided in 2021. Now, before I get into that one, And that one is the one that's kind of really started this whole domino effect of lawsuits. Okay. But before we can get to Alston, we've got to talk about O'Bannon versus NCAA. And this was a ninth circuit decision decided in 2015. So this, this is uh, not, not a decision that was binding nationally. I don't know if I've explained this before in previous episodes, but it always bears repeating. When you hear me talk about say a ninth circuit decision, that means it is only binding on the ninth, circuit um it's not going to be binding nationwide that is why you want to get to the supreme court and get a case that would be binding all over the country uh different circuits may find cases such as this persuasive and then want to adopt that same rule of law in their circuit but again it's not the rule of law anywhere but the ninth circuit so in 2015 we've got o'bannon versus ncaa and this was ed o'bannon who uh was a coach right so and, and was was a very uh, Ed O'Bannon
1: great college basketball player. Uh, mm-hmm. Won a national championship with UCLA in '95. Was the uh, Final fours MVP. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't have a uh, you know a great professional career, but not not all college players do. Um,
0: and yeah, but he had a professional career.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, he was uh, the name on this, along with obviously uh, a larger. Uh, group of Mm -hmm. advocates uh, on behalf of ncaa players
0: yes and he it makes sense about his own personal history with playing because he was obviously very passionate about this and was all about protecting these players and he filed this again you heard me say it was decided by the night circuit in 2015 but he filed the complaint in 2009 so this was a long time coming and interesting to know that he filed this a year before what happened with ohio state so um you know so this was this was in the works even at that time and this was an antitrust case um how do i explain antitrust i i'm horrible at this y'all uh god i should have gotten my friend leaked on this episode because she loves it you know antitrust antitrust however you want to say it i always say anti and i don't know why See, i say, I say um, antitrust antitrust probably is sounds kind of more I, it. I don't know i know Int- i will just say anti i'll say antitrust and uh it's basically saying you can't like affect healthy competition right like in the economy is that th- a good way monopolies you guys have probably heard of monopolies you probably played the game monopoly right uh,
1: yeah <laughs> i mean i think that's I, I yeah absolutely i mean what what they're saying is and, again, it's weird because, you know, the NCAA is a non-profit, even though mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, but there is only currently one g- group, one thing that governs collegiate sports. Yep. Which may change one day. There there may be some conferences that want that mm-hmm. to change, probably do want that to change. Hope yeah. Is. But currently there is only one. Now, you know the NCAA is, I think part would be like, well, there's only one government
0: that does. Cause I, I, all. you fully know, I believe it's, it's like, fully believe the NCAA equates itself to a government at this point, actually a oh, monarchy. Let's be real. I mean, <laughs> no, it's, they, uh,
1: they believe that their position and, uh, is very integral and actually so important that they shouldn't even be messed with. Uh, they think they are that important. And, uh, in today's day and age, they're becoming less important uh, to certain schools. So I think I think they need to be careful. But yeah, they, they yeah. don't believe that they – in my opinion, they don't seem to think they fall under the antitrust thing because they're a needed and necessary entity.
0: Right. And, say. you know, the problem is, is that they think about themselves. It's not even just about them being the single entity and even though they're a nonprofit – The issue is that they are still affecting this competition in these third party situations, right? When it comes to these athletes, when we talk about NIL. And so this case was all about the restriction of compensation for NIL for specifically men's football and men's basketball. Um, This goes back to Electronic Arts, better known as EA, and the collegiate licensing company, a.k.a. CLC, who were co-defendants in this case, and really centers around the appearance of current and former players who were in the EA Sports NCAA basketball and football games starting in 2003. And they were saying that, hey, our likeness, our images are being used in these video games, and we're not getting any money for it um By yeah way, was smart
1: you know what's fun what reggie bush was on the cover of NCAA football 2007
0: shut up that
1: so he wins the heisman right and then the next mm-hmm. game that comes out features him on the cover yeah but he's the one who got in trouble so
0: that is so shitty well i mean <laughs> uh yeah. he would have been part of this uh, you know part yep. of this this class so yep. there's that but I, that still doesn't fix him getting his heisman and everything back so he's still got to put those no, cases no, forward but no. but uh vindicated somewhat because um yeah uh <laughs> ea and clc were smart enough to say mm, we're gonna break off from this lawsuit and settle for 40 million dollars cool cool all right I don't know what happened with NCAA, whether they refused to settle or they couldn't come to an agreement, but they went forth with for a trial and then appealed and you know, all of that. And uh, there were appeals and stuff went all the way to the Ninth circuit. And the night circuit was like, mm, yeah, sorry, NCAA, like you, this is, this is totally an antitrust violation. Um, and you got to pay $42.2 million. And, then the NCAA they're saying tried- it's a
1: violation because they're the only entity and they are specifically blocking these players from being compensated.
0: Exactly. They're okay. specifically cool. blocking these players from being compensated. And then the NCAA decided to appeal to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court was like, mm, mm, no, nah, we're not granting cert. So whatever the Ninth Circuit said stands. Um, and so that's what happened. And then we got nothing for a while because, like I said, this was well, only You, you want to up-
1: know why we got nothing? Because they stopped. Making the games. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you And this was very something. narrow. This was very narrow and something. specific to the games. That was a travesty because <laughs> I, I I don't uh, – for, for those who like playing Madden, whatever. Incidentally football was one of my just like, – like that's like a core childhood memory for me was playing those games. <laughs> and, uh, man, I remember, uh, funny enough, making a running back at Michigan uh, and just – dominating, won the Heisman like four years. That game was so much fun. And because of this, like I'm happy for him. Ed O'Bannon did the right thing, but I'm also Mm -hmm. upset that the game's ended because, and the game's ended because the NCAA just said, well, we're not going to change our rules. So we're ending the deal with EA Uh, because they were so intense on not doing NIL that they straight up ended this game that I'm sure brought them a pretty good amount of money but again they didn't want to Hell have to, yeah but then they wouldn't get to have that money they'd have to pay that money because
0: god forbid we pay some athletes some for using their images yep. in the games because that's the thing like these games would not exist without the athletes and it and it's always going to center back to that and i know i touched on this like um you know some episodes ago and just talking about how the athletes are the center of all of this and it seems to be forgotten that student athlete is the center and core of anything regarding Mm -hmm. student athletes um but nonetheless they won this gave us a ruling that you could kind of sink your teeth into for cases to come forward later and so like i said there was nothing really happening for a while no changes no force changes on ncaa because this was binding only in the ninth circuit and it was very specific to the video games Mm -hmm. well here comes ncaa versus alston um this case was brought forward and relying a lot of on on what o'bannon set forth and this was all about um non-cash educated related compensation this is all about well it's, first of all it's consolidation of two different cases into one and this went all the way up to the supreme court they did not address pay for play but they did address the non cash educated related competition that Taylor was talking about earlier. And it was a 9 0 unanimous Supreme Court decision so that said Shut out. Just Good NCAA, God. you are wrong for this. Nope, can't do that. And our beer boy. Can I can I please read this quote? You can read it. Our beer boy, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. What a what, a, what I like what, beer. A, what a, What did Brett say? What did Brett say in the conference?
1: As uh, as, uh, I've been known uh, for a while as the the Memphis beer guy, so Mm -hmm. I guess we're (laughs) weirdly related. (laughs) I don't think I like that at all. Uh, So so, uh, so Gorsuch uh, authored the majority opinion in this, Mm -hmm. but Kavanaugh had, he had just some strong feelings. So he also wanted to make uh, his uh, thoughts known.
0: And I do want to point out for folks who don't know, a concurrence means that yes, he was with the majority, but he just wanted to say something extra. So, just to point out, it was still that 9-0 unanimous. He just, like Taylor said, he just wanted to sprinkle a little something. So, what did he sprinkle yeah. on there? So, Taylor?
1: so he uh, he attacked the uh, nature of the NCAA's argument that athletes not being paid is a defining feature of college sports, amateurism. Right? Like, no, these are mm-hmm. these are amateurs. They're you know they're they're not playing for money. They're playing for the love of the game and to, to better themselves. No, 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 no. He ain't, he ain't about that. So he said, let's look at some other industries and how it's highly violative of antitrust laws. So here's a quote from him. Nowhere else in America can business get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. The NCAA is not above the law. End quote. Ooh, ooh. And when okay. you put it like that, it's like, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's dumb as hell, NCAA. Like mm-hmm. you know, no no no, yeah. no no no. I uh I go to work every day because I simply believe in Working. helping the American work for no i work and i want to be compensated for that because i feel like i have value to what i do
0: and i want to be paid it's the same it's the same thing with the athletes it's the exact same thing and what brett said was i might like beer but i also like money
1: (laughs) oh brett Uh, oh brett oh brett
0: <laughs> but yeah, and 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 in Kavanaugh's concurrence, he also just kind of really took a lot of jabs at NCAA and said, "Hey, anybody, everybody, this uh opens the door for us to maybe consider some other things that they're messing up on." And let me tell you that if we find that you've you've been you've been messing up in other ways, we're we're gonna we're gonna strike we're gonna strike that down NCAA. So he was given that little hint, uh, basically saying, "Bring forth the lawsuits and bring forth the." did y'all because we are in the midst of it so I'm going to go ahead and set this up by saying all of these are pending these are all currently pending which is also part of why Taylor said there's going to be more than one one part to this Yeah, we're going to start with the NIL lawsuit that the NCAA says is going to break them, just kill them they called it the death knell oh to oh. their organization. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh. Ah. <laughs> so, this was filed, funny enough, before the Supreme Court's decision was decided in 2021. But we could already see the motions going and everything going on that. And this is very important Judge Claudia Wilkins, who's the US District Judge behind the O'Bannon case and behind the Alston case. And we see that Alston case was already kind of moving up the chain, right? This this was also filed in her jurisdiction and went before her. So very strategic attorneys, very strategic complaints, and that they are going right back to the source of where it all kicked off, because she is the reason that we are seeing these cases even come. So through. are they
1: you know, they have this lawsuit. They get to pick where it essentially they pick, they're like, hey, no, we're, we're going we're going there uh, kind of how how how
0: does that work exactly and you would ask me that damn question so i mean, of, i don't know i just i'm curious yeah. so um let me hold on let me do a quick and i should have looked this up before let me do a quick check and see where her jurisdiction is because that because yeah, i've always seen that with like various and, and not even i guess just like sports lawsuits okay it's because she's in the northern district of california um so that makes okay. sense okay. um specifically the northern district of california so that's where she is in the Ninth circuit that makes okay. sense because of where a lot of stuff would be incorporated and a lot of okay so that's why california okay. gotcha. is gotcha. is a very popular venue we've also seen like i said the Ninth circuit which includes california obviously because it was gone through judge wilkins court um okay. that makes sense i'm not even going to go into the details from self-pro about how you get uh Subject matter jurisdiction and venue and all that good stuff. I, uh, I ain't even going to get into it. Just, just know. you
1: saying that sentence uh, almost uh, – no. Uh, uh, let's, that's fine. That's
0: just fine. know they got it. Just know they got it. Yeah. And it's there. And they filed the complaint in that jurisdiction okay. in June on June 15th, 2020. This is House versus NCAA. So – this case is a class action lawsuit. And I will talk a little bit about civil procedure from this just to kind of explain class action lawsuits. So they are bringing the case. Um, they, they're, they're going for saying that uh, this, is, this is all about um, striking the NIL prohibitions altogether. That's what they want. They want to strike the NCAA's NIL prohibitions. That, that if I'm understanding correctly, would include pay for play. Um, they want to strike it all together and say, nah, none of it's good because it's all antitrust. And we've seen what O'Bannon started. We've seen what Alston started. We've seen how the Supreme Court decided. And we're like, no, 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 no. These are antitrust violations. All of the NCAA's NIL prohibitions should be stricken. And they wanted to bring a class action on that, that side. And funny enough, the NCAA did not contest either the injunction or the class certification for the issue of just simply striking the NIL prohibitions. Now they still maintain that their prohibitions are lawful and should stand and all of that, but they didn't, they didn't contest it. They're like, yeah, let's go ahead and handle this in court. That's fine. If it's like a class certification, whatever. And on September, 2023, and this is just one part of the lawsuit. The other part is damages, but just on this, just on the idea of, of striking the NIL prohibitions, uh, judge Wilkin, uh, she said, yeah, yeah, we can go ahead and have have a class action for that. I'm going to certify the class. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys now what it means when we're talking about certifying a, uh, a class action lawsuit. So in the federal rules of civil procedure, and she specifically cited under 23 rule 23 B3, um, which states that the court finds that the questions of law or fact common to class members predominate over any questions affecting only individual members and that a class action is superior to other available methods for fairly and efficiently adjudicating the controversy. Okay. There's other little rules and ticky things in there. And if you want to look it up, please feel free again. It's the federal rules of civil procedure rule 23. If you Google that, it'll plenty of sources will come up and you can read all about class actions there. It can be a little confusing, but that'll tell you, what allows the court to certify a class. This is when they're saying that it is proper instead of having everybody affected each bring individual lawsuits for the sake of fairness, for the sake of efficiency, for multiple reasons, it is is a good idea to go ahead and allow a class action where all of these individuals can join into one lawsuit instead of everybody having to bring their own lawsuits. And that makes sense because the class that she certified includes at least 184,000 individuals among three different classes, split among three different classes. That's men's football and basketball, women's basketball, and one additional sports class pertaining to all D1 athletes who compete on, competed on, or will compete on a team between June 15th, 2020, and the date of the judgment. June 15th, the reason that date is picked is that's the date, again, that the complaint was filed. So that's the starting point. So
1: the longer this goes on, the more, the more yes. athletes it's going to encompass.
0: Exactly. So that's, that's why it says Ooh. at least 184,000 individuals. And so that makes sense because why they say, why would we allow a hundred? Why would, no, we're not going to flood the courts with 184,000 individual lawsuits. And also that isn't fair. Cause again, there's that sense of fairness. That's not fair to the individuals because that's a lot of money rather than being able to come together and pull their resources together for one attorney for their class you know like and and those attorney's fees so ncaa said fine we we're not really gonna they didn't contest either the injunction that the plaintiff's asked for injunction meaning they're saying hey until this is decided the nil regulations prohibitions need to not be enforced and also just the class certification itself here's where the ncaa got real upset though so remember I said that's just one part of the lawsuit and the other part is damages. I want to remind everybody that when we say damages in law, it means money. Whenever you hear the word damages, think money. That's that's what that means. In November, so that was in September, in November, and this is all this year. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if I was clear. That was September 2023, so November 2023. <clears throat> Judge Wilkin said, you know what? I'm going to certify the classes for the damages too. Yep. Yeah. That, uh, that $1.4 billion. And, uh, oh, by the way, if the plaintiffs prevail in an antitrust case, they get three times those damages, they're going to get $4 billion if they win this trial. And that's when the NCAA said, ah, oh, shit, that's going to be the death knell to our organization. You can't do this. And that's when they asked for an interlocutory appeal which means they are asking they are asking for the uh, class certification, whether that's proper to be decided before the trial, before the merits of the case. Usually you can only appeal, you know, once a decision is made, right? Mm-hmm. Like just right, just, right, just, right. just just to talk about it plainly. You appeal something once a decision is made, once the trial decision is made. They're saying, no, 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 no. We need to go ahead and appeal this class certification specifically for the damages right the hell now. Because we can't take this risk, even though they said this, even though we think our argument is strong, we can't take this risk because that will kill our organization. That's a lot of money if you let all of these people rather than bring individual lawsuits. And oh by the way, you should let them bring individual lawsuits anyways, because you know this isn't fair. Because there's some athletes in there who could get a ton of NIL money and there's other athletes who might not get any. And it's not fair that every single one of them gets to join. That doesn't make any sense. That's not fair to us. But then the attorneys for the plaintiffs for the student athletes said, but that's how it works whenever we allow collective bargaining and unionizing when it comes to professional athletes. That's what happens when you have a professional athlete who is the star player on a team Doesn't matter whenever they come together as a union, when they come to the table with a collective bargaining agreement that benefits every single player who's in that group. It's not just going to be for the, it's not just going to be for the Shaquille O'Neal's. It's not just going to be for the Kobe's rest in peace. It's not just going to be for the Michael Jordans. It's not just going to be for the, you know, Steph Curry's for the LeBron James's it's going to be for everybody. Mm -hmm. And if it weren't for these NIL restrictions and the, bullshit that the ncaa put student athletes through they would be doing the exact same thing as the professional athletes and it would lead to the same results. so as far as i can tell there hasn't been a decision yet made on the interlocutory appeal on this um but the ncaa uh they're
1: scrambling um well and, and i'll say so uh obviously 2022 is the last numbers we have as far as the because uh, they have to say all their financial, they're nonprofit, so mm-hmm. they're open with all their finances. Um, so their their uh, revenue of 2022 was $1.14 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, their net assets, they're saying, is $457 million. Mm-hmm. So as far as I can tell, uh, $4 billion is more than that. Yep. So... I guess, I I mean, I guess they're right in that, that, yeah, we can't, Mm -hmm. we can't afford that. (laughs) Yeah, they can't
0: afford it. They're saying it's going to kill them. And so this is such a big case that folks should pay attention to, because here's the thing. And here's the other argument. They're saying, okay, okay, okay. But here's, here's the deal. You just having this in place as a class action and knowing that the potential award is that high means that if we want to settle the case, We still have to settle for a ridiculous amount of money that's going to hurt us because the plaintiffs know that their potential is going to be that. So even if we settle, hey, courts, you're still you're still killing us over here. Mm -hmm. Do I think that they're going to prevail? I don't think so. I, I don't see I don't see a court saying, yeah, no, this shouldn't be a class action. I mean, and again, I encourage listeners if you want to look up FRCP Rule Twenty Three. From what I can tell, this falls under that. And let's not forget that Judge Wilkin, this district judge, she's had two cases where she's that have been appealed that her decision has successfully been upheld. One of which at the Supreme Court. Like mm-hmm. she is not a stranger to these NCAA lawsuits. Seems she seems to she understand. Is, it seems to have pretty
1: good understanding of how the incidentally works and all the, yeah. fair, I mean, I, I wonder how much she has read about, uh, she she has to be one of the foremost experts, right, on this subject. And so Gotta be. I think that's hard for, that's hard for the incidentally to argue because clearly the Supreme yeah. Court who, you know, ag- I mean, nine zero. I mean, all of them agreed yeah. on this, which is, I would, lo- I mean, there can't be that many nine zero. uh you know, decisions. I mean, that's, that's strong.
0: It's very strong. Uh, no, no, there's not, there's not a ton of unanimous, is like that is very strong. Yeah. Um, Kavanaugh's reproach of the is very persuasive obviously Mm -hmm. these are not the only law and by the way what i'm listening today is not even all of the lawsuits that are in process these are just like the main ones that i want to highlight Mm -hmm. and they're also hitting different areas of the law i've got two more i'll discuss after this but before i want to go back to the fact that while we're waiting on this to see what happens with you know the potential striking of the nil prohibitions on the ncaa we now have it thanks to the supreme court that student athletes can profit through non-cash educated related compensation and taylor i wonder what could possibly since we have that broad list can you think of just hmm. like the wildest thing that could be that could constitute an educated related expense that but, a student but it's athlete not can profit off cash
1: and so not cash it, as long as it's not literal money mm-hmm hmm. Well, um, I tell you, I, I actually know um, because I uh, know some folks that uh, – up in Columbus, Ohio, um, a uh, local uh, car dealership up there um, gave multiple athletes uh, – like uh, – well, one of them, uh, he got a truck that had oh, – it like a Ford F-150 with like 600 horsepower in it. So I assume – that uh it was like hey man you know uh if you're gonna be doing this internship uh you need to be able to get there uh as fast as you can because you just you wanna learn and so so we're gonna just give you this ridiculous truck uh to for
0: but it's not cash so you can have it it's not cash and it's education related because you're education. gonna get to your internship cause you're, cause you're gonna you're get going to school to your internship yeah you're gonna drive it to school um, yeah. Could you imagine, especially like during COVID? uh man, education-related expense got to put them in this mansion because you know, got to quarantine them together. Yeah, right? Yeah, got to keep yeah, them healthy and safe. To, so and, we're
1: keeping the circle small. Also, since they're the going to be attending virtual classes, uh, but there's going to be a lot of them in a room. So we're going to we're going to put in a projector system uh yeah. some would call it a, a home theater system but they're yeah. going to be able to, to to do their zoom classes
0: and it's got to be huge so they could sit six feet apart you yeah know? So like... it's going to
1: look kind of like a movie theater inside this home um but again there's multiple of them so we're going to have a couple of roses and they're going to be because the again um you know we're we're very aware of how sitting Obviously can be, you know, so we're going to, we're going to, you know, just so they're attentive, right? They're going to be very comfortable seats. They're very...
0: mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, where, but where does it end? Where, do where does you it end? Say they can't have that. I mean, yeah, I don't. Um, At this point, just give them the cash. Like, go ahead and, and go, strike the provisions to hey, give hey, them the cash. Justice for Jeremy Pruitt. I should be just let me give him a McDonald's bag full of cash. You know, just I mean, give them a the McDonald's I, bag full of cash. I'm just yeah. saying it's better than what they were doing at the mcdonald's in chicago back in the 80s weren't they handing like drugs to the you know to the drive through is that like a famous scandal so you know what i say mcdonald's bag full of cash is just fine
1: it's, it'd be fine with me too i'm i'm totally i mean it's just they, it.
0: they they make yeah. these people so much money and they in my opinion work for them and this brings us to the next case which yeah. i find extremely interesting and i gotta tell you i didn't think about it at first but i was like damn that's creative as hell Um, So we were talking about interlocutory appeals and how those are, those are rarely granted. Here's a case where it has been granted. This is Johnson versus NCAA. Again, this is currently in process right now. Um, Came about in 2022. This is a falsa case y'all. That is the fair labor standards act. That is the case that sets the, the, excuse me, the statute that sets minimum wage that sets, you know, uh, safe working conditions, um, all kinds of stuff, right? Uh, overtime pay, um, what's an exempt versus a non-exempt worker, all of that. In Johnson versus NCAA, uh, the Dartmouth men's basketball players said, you know what? Under FALSA, we're employees. All athletes are. Because we're working for the school. Fucking Dartmouth, There, you know they're... Those smart-ass Smart. kids. Oh, yeah. And they said we're working we're working for the school. We work for them. We are employees and we are entitled to not only minimum wage at least for our time we spend as student athletes working for the school, but also workers' rights and protections in their workplace that can increase their safety, their well being, make sure they have breaks, make sure they have like I mean
1: they it, have a they have a schedule, they have a
0: uniform. They have a schedule.
1: Um. Uh huh they have they have uh, they have to
0: schedule their classes around they have, what they do
1: they have goals that they're required to meet mm-hmm.
0: to to stay on the team to, to keep stay their on employment. the team i mean employment I, yeah okay and and it's interesting and uh judge padovas the district court judge who said all right i'll let it go forward i don't think he, no, we're not going to grant a motion to dismiss i think they got i, I think they got standing and i think they <laughs> so have a like,
1: no, 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 no. Let's see what he can do. You know, it's just yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. that,
0: like, you know, let, let him go. Let him go. He's like, no, but this cocky motherfucker, let me tell you, I, I, I'm laughing at this judge. So first of all, he said the NCAA's got circular logic. He laid into them. And I love what he said. He said, you're classifying athletes as amateurs and then denying them pay because they're amateurs. It's circular. You're so so very so, very know,
1: similar to 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 kavanaugh i mean so he's very he's, similar to kavanaugh. he's kind of saying that as well is as, judge hey. padova
0: a man let me check i want to make sure i'm not misgendering judge padova because i didn't even think to check yes john r padova so yes he uh dude he's 88 years old <laughs> damn he's been around a minute okay. um He was born in 1935. Good Lord. Okay, but he's a senior United States District Judge of the United States District Court for the Eastern Eastern District of Pennsylvania. So this is going to fall into the Third Circuit. So remember what I said, guys, about jurisdiction. So Third Circuit. This cocky dude said, you know what? You know what, guys? I don't think that the NCAA should have – we shouldn't grant a motion to dismiss. I think – I think – I think the plaintiffs have stated – Stated a proper claim, and I think they got standing. But you know what? I'll humor you. I'll humor you. I'll grant you that interlocutory appeal, so that you know they can decide at uh, the the appeals court about the the motion to dismiss. You know, I have them question my logic. You know, they they can absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> say, and then the Third Circuit said nah no motion to dismiss so it's still moving forward um we're okay. waiting we're waiting to hear a decision but i just i first of all the absolute like audacity of the dartmouth men's basketball team to not just go hey we should be paid for a name image and likeness or hey you know we should be able to." they were like no nah, fuck it we are employees of dartmouth like <laughs> i just uh, yeah. find that so creative and no, i just
1: that's, uh, it's it's an interesting because there is, and uh, some of the research, there is now a college football players' association. Uh, so mm-hmm. th- there aren't players. Obviously, the NBA, NBAPA, NFLPA, each of the the big four, like they have their player association that, right, does their collective bargaining agreements, negotiates all that. It's a mixture of uh, lawmakers and players that are on the board, all that kind of stuff. But it does not exist in college because, again, they're amateurs. They don't need yeah. people to amateurism. argue amateurism to argue on their behalf. And yeah, Dartmouth saying like, no, we're a, we should have a, a I believe uh, they were the one you're know, talking about having a union basically. Right. And basically cre- you know, creating this players association that will, uh, will handle all of this stuff for us and, you know, bargain on our behalf and get mm-hmm. our contracts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Outside of NIL, like, no, like we're, th- yeah, we should be paid by the school. Just like, dave the history teacher gets paid
0: that's that's an interesting yeah i do like it i like it it. i think it's really creative and interesting and also i mean the ncaa like i said they're they're uh, they are really trying to hold on to what they have um but yeah the whole idea of them being employees that was just really really creative to me Mm -hmm. and i thought uh I don't know. I just really thought that that was like a really good route to go in. I just think hit them from all sides, right? Like, yeah, maybe it won't prevail. Um, You know, uh, and, 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 you know, the appeals court even said like they, they don't buy the NCAA's argument. Um, So it's at least worth hearing. But even if, even if naysayers say, you know what, they're not going to make it work. It's not going to happen. I say hit them from all sides. There is no benefit in not trying. And I do find this to be an incredibly, incredibly unique route to get there. Um, and then here's the, here's the funny thing. So, <laughs> going back to the case that is before Judge Wilkin right now, um, <laughs> this case about the class action lawsuit, what I find interesting is how the NCAA is constantly almost shooting itself well not almost it, it it is shooting itself um in the foot um <laughs> it is absolutely shooting itself in the foot it they said hey you know what here's here's something to think about with letting them in this class uh you know it doesn't make sense again to have them all come at us for this big amount of money when not all of the student athletes make that much money from nil um it's it's just not it just doesn't make any sense because well i haven't just seen women athletes the female student athletes i don't know if you know this but there's a huge huge disparate uh uh result in how they're like they don't make nearly as much money as the men they don't make nearly as much money as the men and then somebody said oh yeah you're right bet and then after that, on December fourth, uh, there was a lawsuit filed under Title Nine, saying,
1: "Aye, aye, aye, but Liz, but Liz, <laughs>
0: say, but wait, there was a lawsuit filed on Title Nine, saying that." Um... That the support athletes receive for NIL activities like education to help with social media promotion falls under the requirement that athletic departments provide equitable publicity between men's and women's athletes. And they said, you know what, NCAA, you are so right that we have a disparate impact on us as women and we're not getting paid enough. And that is directly a result from how Uh, your organization uh, and the uh, schools don't promote us. No, I listen. Listen, as a board member of the
1: NCAA, listen. We've tried to get these people to watch these women play. They just don't want to. You know, it's it's just they they're one, they're women. You know, two, it's they're not as good. Uh, three, I mean, hey, they are nice to look at. Like, no, it's the dumbest thing. It's the, how how are you how are you going to say that? like out loud like also here's my thing if they were arguing if they were like oh hey um these people shouldn't be together uh like what did they think i it's like what did you think that was gonna get you okay okay it's gonna cut out what it's maybe half Of the people in the lawsuit, you're still screwed, even if they were gone. So I don't one don't know how you benefited from that anyway. All you did was open yourself up. Like that's what that's what they said. They sound like that. That like that character of the of just like oh yeah yeah women's sports like yeah
0: like dude you're the you're the problem. (laughs) Yeah, and so they're (laughs) saying, and and so the 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 female athletes are saying, well, you know, and by the way, I do want to point out that this is specifically coming from. 32 University of Oregon athletes at the club and varsity level. And it is uh, specifically beach volleyball and club women's rowing. And they're making the acquisitions of inequity. And they said, well, Oregon gives its male student athletes much greater NIL related training opportunities and income than its female student athletes. And uh, this falls under Title IX, which for those who don't know, Title IX is a federal law that prohibits sex-based discrimination in schools that receive federal funding. So that's, you know, and all, if mo- not all, but like very, very much most colleges and universities. Right. So, um, so yeah, that they, they, I just, I just love that the NCAA was like, well, <laughs> you know what? You guys shouldn't be able to sue us under class action for NIL, because if you haven't noticed, the women athletes don't make that much money. And then the women athletes were like, oh, Thanks. Thank you for another claim that we can go and, and, forth with in a lawsuit. Yeah.
1: And not that they can't. So like Angel, uh, Angel Reese, uh, right? Very. Oh, yeah. One of the most well-known players in the country, as far as uh, you know, women's basketball goes for LSU. Her NIL is estimated somewhere around $1.3 million. Um, now, yeah, people are like, oh, well, see, look, she's the one getting paid. That is so she is the top 1% of the 1% that is incredibly lucky she's gotten that it is. It's the, it's the sports like beach volleyball, you know, rowing field hockey and all these school. And we're talking about university of Oregon, which is in a major conference moving uh, to the big 10, right? They are a big school. What about a school like, you know, Kent state? What about a school like rice? Uh, I mean, they're uh, even hell, even their basketball, their men's basketball players aren't going to be making as much and definitely not the women's uh, basketball players. So, yeah. That is, I think, uh, again, yes, you know, uh, there are, yes, there are women athletes, Cavender twins, uh, they're like a really famous one, have done very well in IL, uh, but it's rare. It's just, it's not common. So I think it is important. It it sheds light not only on the smaller sports uh, at larger schools, not getting that equal benefit, uh, but the women as well. And so yeah, I th- like you said, hit them from all sides and create all of that discussion. Because I, I think yeah. the more discussion that we can have on this, I think the better impact
0: and better change we will see from it. Um, and the crazy thing is, like, listen to this, OK? I want people to think of these numbers because here's the thing that gets me. I'm going to go ahead and hedge off any goofy men, OK, who say like, oh, but women, women, women athletes, they don't make as much and all this. Women are target consumers. Women are the ones who drive dollars. It's not men. And I say this as a content creator, 74% of my following women. That makes me so profitable to tons of brands because they don't, sounds that I'm just stating the facts of how the industry works, right? Just in content creation alone. They don't want follow, uh, content creators who have mostly male audience because women drive let's, the dollars. Let's, so let's talk about it. So let's see how much is American sports worth. Okay. Okay. So this is the most recent thing I can find. the The North American, so not even just the United States, sure. Okay. Sports market has a value of about seventy one billion U S dollars. Okay. That includes men's and women's sports. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. not just men's. Yeah. The wedding industry alone is about fifty billion. And that is women, right? If you want to look at that, plus the makeup industry, right? Plus, which is which, by the way, is like five hundred billion dollars just oh, just so makeup. Stupid. Yeah, stupid, uh, stupid, uh, stupid amounts. Stupid. The fashion industry, all of these things, right, that are driven by female consumers. And so, I'm not saying that that means that. Uh, you know, making an argument that women are more deserving of something or anything like that. I'm just saying, we're at least deserving of the same equal uh, consideration. Because while yes, you're looking at male athletes and you're looking at that market, let's look at what Angel Reese is doing. She's gonna she's gonna bring in things like uh, when it comes to endorsing makeup, fashion, things that you're not typically going to see with male athletes. And I feel like that's been a very overlooked concept of like there's a there's a market for men that have found their niche, right? but there's this whole unexplored side of what female athletes could push and sell and like put their, you know, faces on and really uh, brands that they could tie themselves to. And I feel like because there's been men at the helm of all of this and and trying to also use women as scapegoats to just not just deny women NIL rights, but men as a whole. Like, they're trying to do that because if they break the class, they break the class. That doesn't mean women get booted out the class. That means the whole class is mm-hmm. destroyed. And even the men in the class would have mm-hmm. to each bring individual lawsuits. So they're trying to use women gotcha. as, okay. like, a low a low man on the totem pole, so to speak, to then break everybody down. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's what's going on there, but I feel like there's this like hyper focus on what what sports are supposed to be, and it is through a male lens that they're really actually undercutting themselves because they can make so much more money if they really harness the power of their female athletes and what well, and- those athletes could could tie them. So I don't want to see LeBron James uh, partnering with Sephora, but I for damn sure would love to see. You know what I'm saying? Like female, I want to see. I want to see Serena Williams. You you know, if you need to
1: understand how important females are to sports, and everyone is so tired of it, and you know why you're tired of it because it works. Taylor Swift and the NFL that has completely the NFL that already makes insane amount of money, right? Is the most Mm -hmm. popular sport have now opened up a whole segment of fans that they did not have access to. Right. Yeah. And it's like people can. And and yeah, I, I get somewhat frustrated, too. But at the same time, you're opening your sport to a whole new fan base who, you know, couldn't have given two shits about what the Kansas City Chiefs were doing. Right. But right. now very much do or or whatever team, if, you know, like they live in whatever city and they're like, you know, hey, let's you know. Hey, you know, Taylor Swift likes it. It goes, you know, goes and. You know their their boyfriend sitting on the couch every Sunday sits down with them, starts watching. Oh, Then they snap. buy a shirt. I mean, they're, they're that opens up so. And we're just talking about a celebrity doing with that. Now you're getting into athletes. It that that's the only thing.
0: Have you heard about the Seattle Krakens?
1: Uh, the I hockey mean, team?
0: Uh, like what I'm, happened?
1: I'm going to correct you. It's just Kraken. Oh, no Seattle answer. Kraken. I'm sorry. No, I'm it's sorry. Kraken is a thing. Uh, I'm My aware uh, of the team. I. Uh, have you uh,
0: heard hashtag crack my back?
1: Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you know, no. And I didn't expect you to hear. No. I, <laughs> of so, the things on my bingo card, that wasn't
0: on there. <laughs> so, just speaking of women and the power that they have, um, some women on Book Talk, which, if y'all don't know, is the book obsessed side of TikTok that is mostly women. Okay found a hot male hockey player on the Seattle Kraken and just like went fully in and said that he was like what they pictured with a certain romance novel that involved a woman falling in love with a hockey player. And when I tell you that the women on book talk made the Kraken sales and the attention and all that just skyrocket, it was wild to the okay. point that the okay. team started partnering with the book talkers. Now, there was some drama that ensued because allegedly one, the main book talker who started all of this crossed some boundaries and made the guy and his wife feel uncomfortable, the player and all that. So there's uh, some he did, things that have been He there. did
1: call on fans to stop sexually harassing. He did call on fans. And, he was
0: like, y'all got to stop. And I will but, say this.
1: This is uh, uh, Alexander Wenberg is the player.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's an attractive man. Uh I, yes. will, I will say that. He is definitely he is. attractive.
0: Yeah. And I fully uh, do not support any of the harassment that came his way, and I apologize to him and his wife that he had to experience that. But I had found this story like way after all the all the stuff had happened. But, I do but want proves, to point out that I but, did not engage in the book talk craziness. But but, yeah,
1: but proves proves how proves proves the proves the point. females uh, are, are an integral part to this and and yes, yes, those are professional sports, and yes we're talking about NCAA, but yeah. the the earlier right, the earlier you can start it uh, the the easier it is, you know. Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, mm-hmm. right? These college mm-hmm. basketball players, right? Much closer in age to a an eight, nine, ten year old uh, girl who is wanting to play basketball and sees that. And uh, I mean, you you think about the influence, right? And, and hopefully, it's positive influence that they could mm-hmm. have on that. Uh, it's it's a huge untapped potential that it is becoming more in sports. Uh, there there is is more happening with it uh mm-hmm. hopefully it 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 continues to grow and and again because at the end of the day it just, it's it's helping everybody hey man like yeah if you're good at what you do yeah make a bunch of money i'm
0: like oh, re- remember when like there was a whole trend of the focus on fashion of a bunch of the male basketball players like they were just super into like Dude, and, every, and it was just like
1: and every it sunday became a thing?
0: every sunday uh yeah
1: it, uh it's nfl it's it's uh the one today from the NFL was like fits hotter, fits hotter than the action on the field. Yeah. It's it's just 10, it's just 10 photos of players walking into games with what they're wearing. And I'm,
0: and I'm going to tell you if they had harnessed that energy with women athletes a long time ago, I'm just going to say like, they're really, maybe, maybe, maybe if the NCAA knew how to play the game better, (laughs) um, They wouldn't be hurting so bad and scared that a $4 billion uh, lawsuit was going to, you know, shut them down. I don't know. All I'm saying is the sexism is hurting everybody. Right. And just everybody's got a place. Everybody's got, uh, everybody's got something that they can contribute to this. And so, but again, I just find it even more hilarious that they're shooting themselves in the foot by trying to go after women. And all they did was give women a claim to go, Oh yeah, good point. (laughs) Let's talk about title nine then. So, That's my summary of the main uh, the main lawsuits and all all of those that I lay listed aside from the Supreme Court case that's kicked it off Alston, they're ongoing. So um, we'll see what happens, and of course we'll give updates as we go. Um, I hope I want all the athletes. uh, I just the student athletes as a whole, uh, men, women, non-binary, whatever. I want everybody to just get what they're owed because again, I think it's really messed up that they are the center of this They're the reason why all these people have money and they're not getting right. the money themselves. Like they, 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 it's a, lo- it's been a long time coming and yeah. I do hope the best. I I'm just not sure from a legal standpoint, how successful Reggie Bush will be, but I want him to be successful. I, right. I, I hope that my cynicism is proven wrong and he yeah. prevails. in his you suit, know, I,
1: so. I just want for, you know, I understand that Kentucky men's basketball players are going to get well taken care of the Alabama football yeah. team. They're going to take care of, but you know, the dude who is on the track team at some D2 school, like, hey man, let's get him a little bit of, because obviously he can't work a job because, you know, or, or she, right. They, they can't work a job, get a little bit of money so they can, you know, take their person out to dinner or go buy something, go buy a new pair of George, whatever, like be able to, you know, offer those, offer those student athletes. The, you know the same opportunity for the for folks who can't get in. So exactly, you know. let
0: them let them go do. And like I said before, content creation has changed the game. It is a great equalizer because somebody from a D two school who nobody's ever heard of and maybe will never go pro could become an amazing influencer and content creator if they were allowed the chance and it wasn't you know a violation for them to do so as a student athlete. Like we see it all the time. Maybe they have something else to contribute. And yep, that is another part of it too. Is like when you're not allowing them to go out and go further and, and kind of venture out. We know so few of these, we know, we've talked about these statistics before, how few of these students will actually go on to be pros, right? We're just hampering them. And, and, and I said it before in another episode, the student part of student athlete is the most important part of that phrase. They are students. They are trying to figure out their way forward, their path forward, their career, the rest of their lives. And this can have such an impact. And so if this it, you know, if these NIL opportunities can help a student who maybe won't go pro, but could totally swing into like marketing, you know, um, yeah. you know, something like that, advertising, you know, may, maybe uh, shift gears. If, if some of these um, student athletes, men and women, because I've seen many who are very attractive, maybe, maybe, maybe they want to go walk in New York Fashion Week. Maybe they want to be models, you know, after they're, Absolutely. they're, they're done with their, you know, like there's, I, I want them to be able to harness the power of their images and the power of their names and their likenesses and all of those things, so that they can make a way for themselves in this world. It's already tough. The economy isn't treating us anybody real well. Everybody's kind of struggling, and I just want them to be able to make their way. Poor kids. I know what it's like to be a broke ass college student. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but all that being uh, said, Taylor, this is a good episode, and we're switching things around. Yeah. You time. know, since
1: you were, like, I don't know, I don't really have pop culture for you. I'm like, well, I got one for you. Ha <laughs> ha! All right, so okay. um, we've talked a lot about uh, Reggie Bush in this episode. Do you, do you remember what year he won the Heisman? We did say it in this episode. Do you remember what year that was? Was it 2011? Uh, no, no, that's when the that's when uh, the the sanctions came down. He was long gone oh. from USC. Oh, so it's
0: 2005. 2005, yes. So, okay. He, so so the 2000. I got mixed up.
1: Yeah, 2005. Um, and so uh, in that year obviously uh you know album cd sales were still i think people were still buying cds at the time back in 2005 and uh, i'm I'm gonna let you you can let's see if you can name me the best selling album of 2005
0: college dropout by kanye west no it's not it's not that. that was my
1: guess uh it would be the emancipation of mimi by mariah carey
0: it sure the hill was why do i feel like they came out I didn't even notice they came out the same year. Cause didn't College Dropout come out that year? I have no idea. I have no and idea. And that's why I said that, because I thought College Dropout came out that year. But I now what's the best selling?
1: Now the second best selling album out of the year. I'll just if you want to take a guess. Oh, that, that was,
0: was. two thousand four. My bad.
1: Oh, okay. No. Oh oh, how dare you, right? Uh do you know what the second best selling album was?
0: If it was Emancipation of Mimi Confessions didn't come out that year, did it? I don't believe so. That was earlier. Shit, it all runs together for me. If it was emancipation, hold on, emancipation. I'll, I'll me. give you. I'll
1: give you a hint. If okay. Like one. It is a yes. female singer.
0: Ooh. Okay. Damn. There's a lot. There's a uh, lot in my head for 2005. I'm thinking back, like, what was happening to us? I was 15. <laughs> 10th grade. I definitely played a lot of Gotta Shake It Up from Emancipation of Mimi album. Um, Um,
1: The band, your your next hint is... Is it Paramore? It's not Paramore. Uh, A Day to Remember covered one of this singer's songs. Oh,
0: God. The band A Day to Remember covered Mm -hmm. one of the singer's songs? songs. Mm -hmm. I know, like... if you one want if you want one more remember. clue, I'll
1: give you the big clue.
0: Okay, what's the big clue? Uh,
1: this person won American Idol.
0: Kelly Clarkson?
1: Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson was the second best-selling album.
0: Why did I think she won American Idol like bef- like way before?
1: Well, it was before. She, she did. She did win that before. I believe uh, 2002, 2003 is when she.
0: That's what I was going to say. Okay. But her album didn't. But that album. Oh, the, but the Breakaway album didn't come out to 2005. Right, right. All right. Now. Kelly sure can saying too.
1: Now she was. Okay. So to tie it back into sports. Okay. She was offered a scholarship to university. She chose not to go. She decided to go after music, but she was offered a scholarship to a university. And that university was the team that played. Reggie Bush's USC Trojans in the 2006 National Championship Rose Bowl.
0: Oh, I ain't gonna know this. It was
1: <laughs> it was uh, again childhood memories one of the best football games I have ever watched. <laughs> Do you know the team? Your hint is uh, Was it
0: Kentucky? It,
1: no, we've never. <laughs> Never, we're not too good at football. We're trying though. We're gonna be good next year. I, I got, I, I believe I'm gonna believe that. Eh. Uh, the quarterback of this team was Vince Young. That
0: that that, that does nothing. Doesn't for help.
1: Me. Doesn't help.
0: No, you just come tell me because I'm never gonna get it. I can guess all another right, team all randomly my, if you want. All my
1: sports, fo- just throw it out. Let's see if you just get, if you do, I'll go nuts. Oh Miss. Uh, no, no, you're wrong. That would have been cool. I'll, ed- <laughs> I'll maybe I can edit it. Uh, for all my sports folks out there who remember this game. It is the University of Texas Longhorns. Vince Young, fourth and five from the nine, runs it in for the game-winning touchdown, also gets a two-point conversion. They win 41-38. And honestly, one of the best. I Let me tell you how much I love this game. I, whatever, bought or downloaded the game on iTunes so I could put it on my iPod so I could watch it. Because I loved it. Vince Young was my dude. He got drafted by the Titans. I was so about it. I love playing again NCAA football, playing with Vince Young, running the option. It was a vibe. You, it was a vibe. Hey, nice. a vibe. speaking,
0: I love that. First of all, I love your happy memory. But you just reminded me of a memory that's completely unrelated. But do you know that Catherine and I did not have iPods? Uh,
1: I know she didn't, so you didn't as well. You we had zooms. You had zooms. Yeah, you had zooms.
0: We've been. Uh... We've been outliers. You know, for a she while. is.
1: She is very protective of her Zoom, and if
0: yeah,
1: I mean, very. You know, yeah, um,
0: yeah. And my Zoom got lost in her car. One of mine did, and we found it two years later. Her car was like a black hole. Oh wow. Yeah, we looked and looked and looked, and then didn't find it. And then one day it just showed up. We were like, "Damn, there it is." There yeah, it is. but I don't have my. I don't have my Zoom anymore. Um, I think I gave that one away to one of my nieces, and then like, I don't know. It wasn't that long after that. Like, you could get music in your phones, so, right yeah i, I know, just yeah. like
1: the, started the, doing the that long but... lost uh, you know ipod zoom man good mm-hmm. times man good times, yeah good times um, well i you know i, I know this was a, a dense episode folks but it, a long it's, one it's, but it's a, it's a dense topic and it's and, and i feel god i feel like we we barely really even got into
0: oh there's more lawsuits but i it, just kind of covered
1: is and, and i mean i yeah i would because i would love to go through like some of the crazy NIL deals that one of my real quick, one of my favorites is D- uh, Coldest to ever do at Thompson. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, signed with like the HVAC company. Like that's, a you know, it's, it's wild stuff like that. And so uh, we'll get into it down the road. We'll probably let, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see what some of these lawsuits happen. Um, you know, I, I've got, a, I've got a couple ideas. I think for some stuff we could talk about, um, you know, it's, it's definitely gonna be interesting, but again, uh, you know, if anybody wants to hear anything specific, if you have an idea, uh, uh, comment, uh, hit us up on, on Instagram. Uh, I'm the Bespoke Taylor. That, she is Booker Squared. Let us know. Um, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, comment there. Spotify, you can leave us a little message, <laughs> too. Uh, I, I just get to see. It's not public. It's just for me. So if you got something for me, I'll take it's it. It's just for Tyler. It's just for me. Uh, it's just
0: just a little something. Just a yeah. little, a little, a little, a little, a little nice yeah. thing.
1: But shout out to one of our big fans who listens on spotify he he always he sent a couple nice messages so sh- shout out shout out to him uh yeah but no i like i said this was this was great uh i enjoyed it i'm glad i got to hit you with a little pop culture but i fully expect you to be on top of your game all right and have something for me next week okay all right all
0: right <laughs> all right thanks everybody and uh see you next time bye-bye bye